Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here. Best ways to retain great talent, that could be partners, staff, clients, promoters, affiliates, your general power team, and to stop people screwing you over, which actually I believe people perceive this often wrong. So I've got seven things that I think will help you. It won't take too long, uh, but I think that they'll be very useful if you want to build partnerships, if you want scale, if you want leverage, if you want to grow without um, working harder and longer and, and getting more stressed out. So um, people, I believe, perceive people screwing them over maybe in the wrong way. Because let's be honest, you've probably set up in competition against someone in the past, even though maybe you're defensive about them setting up in converse, uh, conversation, competition with you. Uh, also, if you hold people back for fear of them screwing you over, then you'll never train people to take over your operations or even your strategy. You'll never build leaders so that you can step back. You will never have um, growth in new markets. You won't have collaborations, partnerships, etc. So you kind of have to let go to grow. But I get it. Letting go is hard because you worry about people screwing you over. You worry about people getting making mistakes in your business, representing your brand badly. You worry that your customers and clients won't want to deal with anyone else other than you. These are all the most common fears that entrepreneurs have. And there isn't an entrepreneur I've ever met that hasn't had them. So uh, I'm going to cover the seven things now and then hopefully they'll help you grow, uh, uh, leverage, um, make more money, uh, be more collaborative, uh, stop uh, having that massive fear of being screwed over, which will probably stop people screwing you over. Now, before I do that, the reality is if you train enough trainers, some will leave. I've had many leave and set up progressing property. I've also had even more that have stayed. Uh, and um, last weekend we did £600,000 in sales. Uh, and I wasn't running any of the events. Um, and that's not a bad weekend. And that wouldn't have been uh, able to happen, no matter how well I'd have done my event. I mean, I'd, I'd have had to spoke in front of thousands of people to get that kind of level of revenue. Um, because five years ago, I committed to training trainers and doing weekly calls and monthly trainings and loads of follow-up on WhatsApp and spending a decent amount of my time building systems, processes, content, trainers, an ascension plan, a vision, and helping them one-to-one and one-to-group. So if you don't train your staff to be the best, they'll never be the best. And a lot of people fear training them to be the best in case they leave. But do you want staff who don't leave but are no good, or staff who are great, but there's the small risk that they may leave? Now, in my experience, people who will leave and would have left will probably leave anyway. So you might as well have a really great affair with them. You might as well get two, three or five years worth of making a load of money and doing great things together and then being proud that you helped springboard their career and then letting them go and staying friends and maybe even becoming a, a partner or working together later down the line than suppress them like keeping their, your hand on their head in the swimming pool so that they never really deliver or perform. I've got, what, probably four or five trainers who are now competing directly with us, um, but I made millions of pounds with them. 
And regardless of how it finished, I'm obviously very grateful for that. So if you want to retain great talent, number one is to understand their values. Now, I used to think, oh, well, I can pay that staff member a commission and that'll motivate them. Or I could give them a day off and that'll motivate them. But in reality, each member of your team, whether, again, let me just reiterate, is it staff? Is it affiliates? Is it promoters? Uh, is it uh, clients? It, you know, it could be your business partner. Um, it could be pretty much anyone you build in your team. So each member of your team will have a different set of values. Some will be uh, motivated by money. Some will be motivated by progression. Some will be motivated by recognition. Some will be motivated by time off. Some will be motivated by a, a life blend of, you know, maybe they want to pick up their kids and drop their kids off and come into work a little bit later and leave a little bit earlier. Maybe they value a Friday off because, uh, you know, seeing their family or, you know, maybe they have long weekends. Now, when you understand the individual values and what motivates an individual, then you can package together um, some kind of offer to them. For example, the staff benefits our team have, there's a menu of maybe eight and they choose the ones they want rather than just giving people things that we perceive they want, but they don't necessarily like. Not everyone wants dental, but some do. Um, so you kind of create a more unique plan for each member of your team. And then you understand their values and you know what motivates them. So when you do need to motivate them um, and you need to maybe, um, you know, get get behind them and get the most out of them, you have some tools to do that. The way you um, understand someone's values is pretty simple. You just ask them, what's most important to you in your life? Now, if you're watching the live, why don't you just share in the comments what is most important to you in your life? Why don't you put the, first, the top three or five things that come to mind? Now, of course, if a lot of people put family, then um, you know, giving time with their family will actually motivate them to stay in your career longer. If it's money, that's really obvious. If it's clothes, shoes and handbags, which I know some people who are, that's really obvious and that's kind of easy. So share your values um, on the page if you just want for, you know, just for a bit of fun, I guess. Okay, number two then is meeting their individual employment or partnership needs. Some people want exposure and brand. Um, you know, some people are really focused on money. Some people want to learn while they earn. I know a lot of people who do joint ventures in commercial property. They want to work with someone and they want to learn as they do an investment into a development. So we assume individual employment needs or partner needs are what we would want. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they're not. They're what they would want. And it's your job to find out what that is. OK, um, number three, then, is a strong vision. Now, a strong vision will keep people motivated and there'll be like this magnetic force moving towards something. So if people don't really know what you're doing, why you're doing it and where you're going, that, you know, as soon as it gets hard or maybe some of their individual needs aren't getting met, they're going, well, why am I doing this? You've probably said that to yourself when you've had a job or um, you've got a bit lost in your life. Why am I doing this? And when we know why we're doing it, we can keep moving towards it even when it's hard. So you have to share that vision. So my vision is to help as many people across the planet get better financial education, to be able to start and scale their enterprises and to learn more about money and financial management. Um, and that's a never ending vision because I'm never going to reach seven billion people probably in my, in my lifetime, even though I'm going to keep trying. So there's growth, there's progression and there's clarity around that. My company, Progressive Properties, help, is helping as many people on the planet invest for freedom, choice and profit. That's very clear. Um, so having a strong vision, showing the future and what it looks like, making it unique, compelling, magnetic, charismatic, uh, and having something special and different uh, for you to all feel like a communi community and even creating like a movement, a revolution to, to, to move towards, that is going to help you keep people at, for longer and in harder times. Okay, number four then, and there's been a lot of research on this, I've talked to a lot of people who really know a lot about recruitment, people like James Kahn, worth a lot of money. 
um, and it's pretty well recognized in the recruitment world that the three things that will probably motivate and keep your staff and your team and your partners the most and is worth something like an extra 12 to 15% on, to, uh, on, on money, i.e. you can get away with paying them a bit less if you have all of these in place, are P-R-A. That's P-R-A, which is progression, recognition, autonomy. So progression is what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? Where can, you know, can I move sideways into a new role? Can I get promoted, promoted, promoted? Can I become partner, shareholder? Can I become ops manager, MD, CEO, chairman, etc.? Um, can I always grow? Can I learn? Have I got a training and development plan, a personal development plan? And that's easy when you're a massive corporation. You kind of have to do that to retain staff and you have the budget to do that. But when you're a one man band, which apparently about 70% of the UK businesses are one man bands, or when you've not got that many staff, there's no um, organizational chart, hierarchy and, and career progression plan for the next 25 years. So you've got to create that. You've got to help them move into a new role, create new roles when they outgrow their existing roles and keep sharing the vision. Look, if you do this, your career can go to there. You, um, you know, if you hit these targets, you can get commission. If you hit these targets, you can get a profit share. If you hit these targets, you could maybe even get small shareholding. You could have um, you, you know, maybe um, non-voting partnership rights. And then in the in the long, long run, maybe you could even become a partner or be a shareholder. Recognition, that is actually easy to do, um, but not easy to do because it seems that no matter how much you recognize people, they still need more recognition. And when you recognize someone over there, someone over here gets um, forgotten and, and, and feels unloved. But essentially, the management by walking around and, um, you know, complimenting people and recognizing things that people do not in a gimmicky way, but genuinely picking things out that they do will recognize well, recognizing them publicly and privately, because uh, some people don't like being recognized um, publicly. Um, uh, and some people, if you recognize them publicly, other people will be upset that they won't recognize publicly. But recognition goes a long way. We all like to feel important and significant. Um, and then autonomy. This is also huge. No one likes to be micromanaged. So um, a, a couple of wise people said essentially this, and there's a lot of wisdom in this very short three-step saying, and that is um, find great people, give them slightly too much to do, and get out of their way and let, let them do it. And most people are finding not so great people, either not giving them enough to do or giving them way too much to do, and then they're getting in their way all the time and micromanaging. What's the, why have a dog and bark yourself? <clears throat> so autonomy is find great people, do everything you can to keep them. Give them just too much to do because very productive, smart, intelligent, genius type people, they like a bit too much to do. If they don't have enough to do, they're going to cause chaos. Deadlines, targets, and then get out their way and let them do it. Okay, number five then. Um, and this is a little bit more technical, but it's important. Have a bloody good contract. Now, if you have a good consultancy agreement, speaker agreement, partner agreement, heads of terms, memorandum of understanding, employment contract, etc., where all the bases are covered, all the eventualities, all the things that could go wrong, all the penalty clauses, all the bombs. If you have a really good contract, it's going to be hard for you to break the rules and them to break the rules. There's going to be no lack of clarity. Everyone's going to understand what happens and when. And then if people do leave, maybe you've got a nice non-compete or, you know, maybe you've got some IP protection. Um, you know, you've got some of the brand ambassadorial um, boxes ticked. Um, so that you're kind of covered if things do go really wrong and you probably want a good commercial lawyer for that. Number six then, um, and 
This is not the easiest thing for people. But the paradox you face is that you have to train people so well that they could leave. And if you don't train them so well that they could leave, they'll never be that great for you. But then when you train them so well that they could leave, some of them leave. Now, I've changed my tune on this because in the early days, it used to piss me off. And let's just be honest. I can stay at, sit here and be all hippie and positive and have, a, you know, the, the grander view and the moral high ground of training people and them going. And I'm being so grateful that I've trained half the, the competition. And hey, look, I've launched people's careers and I'm so grateful to have been part of the journey. And that is true. And I've tried to work on that in my mindset. But every now and again, it does piss you off when you've put time, resource, energy and money into someone and they've buggered off. But the reality is that's going to happen. So accept it. Now, if you do everything you can to keep them, you've done everything you can to keep. Them. And if you know that, then there's nothing more that you could have done. So there's a very much a, a Zen like quality in knowing that. But it's also good to own the competition. I mean, in the property training space, a lot of the speakers and trainers have been trained by us. Uh, and so we have that kind of ownership, if you like. It's like the, the Yoda to the um, Luke Skywalker. Uh, and you're always going to have that credibility. So, hey, I'd rather have been involved in the competition, train the competition to a certain degree, be a mentor to the competition than someone else do that. Uh, and then number seven, and this is really important, and I don't think it's talked about that much, just help them enjoy what they do. Do they like coming to work? Do they like being a partner of yours? Do you have a bit of a laugh? Is it fun what you're doing even when it's hard? Um, you know, is there good energy? Are you feeling like you're doing something special together? Uh, or is it always a bit of a bind? Is it messy? Is it difficult? Is it always like a, a bit of a hard negotiation? I'm a big believer that if people enjoy being around you, coming to work for you, being a partner with you, if they enjoy that, then they're going to do it more and for longer. And, you know, people always say, don't they, as soon as the fun stops, stop. Uh, and I can see why they say that. So keep it fun. Keep it interesting. I try and, you know, myself and Mark, my business partner, we do try and have a bit of banter in our, in our meetings that we have with people. We try and get sort of relatively social, but not too social with some of our partners and just hopefully make it a bit of a fun journey for so thanks for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful. Uh, it, the, I'll just go, go through the seven points I've covered because some people tune in late and a lot of people like the summary. So best ways to retain great talent and stopping people screwing you over. Um, one is understanding their individual values and meeting them. Two is meeting their individual employment needs and benefits and uh, quirks and isms. I have a, had a lot of people say to me in the last three months, the reason we work for you and not someone else and we could get paid more is because we can see our family at weekends and we can come in um, to work a bit later because we can take our kids to school, etc. And number three, have a very strong, compelling vision. Show them the future now. Make it unique, compelling, magnetic. Make it special. Make it dynamic. Make it disruptive and keep restating it. Um, number four, progression, recognition and autonomy will keep people with you the longest. Number five, have a very good, very good contract. Number six, you'll lose some, so don't suppress them and maybe just have a goal to own the competition and train the competition. And number seven, make sure that they enjoy their time with you and you're all good as much as you can. And you do all of that, you'll retain great talent and you'll still lose a few. And that was always meant to be. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.